0: 16!
1: 16! For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Rebecca Cunningham. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover the spring break success of the women's and men's basketball teams at March Madness, a Princeton student arrested in connection to the January 6th Capitol riots and riots in Paris over the French pension age. It's Monday, March 20th. While students were away over spring break, the Princeton men's and women's basketball teams were across the country competing in the NCAA March Madness tournament. Head sports writer Wilson Kahn followed the men to Sacramento, California, and sports writer Isabel Rodriguez met up with the women in Salt Lake City, Utah. Today, head podcast editor Eden Tashoma caught up with Wilson to recap the Tigers' progress
2: and how they landed in the Sweet 16. Can you introduce yourself with your name, class year, and what you do for the Prince?
0: Hey, I'm Wilson Kahn. I'm a sophomore and I'm one of the head sports editors.
2: Awesome. So you were in Sacramento for The Prince reporting on March Madness. What were your expectations as a reporter following the team going in?
0: They weren't very high. I honestly thought last year's team that went 13-1, and I believe, in Ivy League play and ended up losing in the Ivy Madness final to Yale and missing the NCAA tournament was probably a better team than this year's team. This year they went 10-4 in conference. They kind of had a shaky end of the year. Um, they looked good in the Ivy Madness final against Yale, but who knew if that would continue? And, of course, Arizona was a very tough opponent. I didn't think Arizona would be unbeatable, but I have to say I was pretty surprised by the result. Not as much in the second round beating Missouri, but yeah.
2: Okay, so can you give us a summary of what they've done so far and where they've succeeded?
0: Yeah, so in the first game, as I mentioned, they beat Arizona by four points. Um, as a 15 seed, they became only the 11th 15 seed to ever do that. But for the third year in a row, 15 seed won in the first round, which is interesting. Then two days ago on Saturday, they beat Missouri in the second round to advance to the Sweet 16 for the first time in modern tournament history. What that means is since 1985, when the tournament field was expanded to 64 teams.
2: What about the Tigers game plan has led them to their wins?
0: Number one thing has to be rebounding. They went up against a team in Arizona that had one player 6'11 and one player 7' feet tall in the starting lineup. For reference, the Tigers don't play anyone taller than Keyshawn Kelman, who's 6'9". They actually out-rebounded Arizona in the first game 38-37, to and then on Saturday against Missouri, they crushed the fellow Tigers in the rebounding battle 44 to 30 and first year forward Caden Pierce by his by himself had 16 rebounds so that's been the big key for Princeton so far
2: and for those who are not very familiar with the sports terminology what's a rebound
0: sure a rebound is when there's a shot attempt by either team and basically when it doesn't go in there's an opportunity for a rebound right the ball is bouncing off the rim or maybe it's an air ball that's when the shot doesn't hit the basket at all for those of you listening and whoever catches the ball after that gets a rebound So basically, if you were watching the game on Saturday, you might have noticed, wow, that player number 12 on Princeton is catching the ball literally after every single shot. That was Caden Pierce. He had 16 of those, so it's pretty impressive. Second most by any player in the NCAA tournament at the time of that game. Oscar Tashibwe from Kentucky had 25 in the first round, and he actually had 18 again today. So Caden Pierce got beaten out by a player from Kentucky, Uh, but that's not too bad company to be in right there.
2: Looking forward, when can we expect to see the Tigers on the court again?
0: So on Friday, they'll be in Louisville, for the Sweet 16, playing either Creighton or Baylor. By the time you're listening to this, you'll know who the opponent will be. Um, Baylor's a three seed, Creighton's a six seed, so as I mentioned earlier, Princeton already beat a number two seed earlier in this tournament, so Again, for those of you who aren't familiar, the lowest, the lower the seed, the better the team, or the higher you know, ranked they are in the eyes of the tournament selection committee. So either way, it'll be a challenging matchup, but Tigers, I'm very, very confident. They've already won two games against power conference teams in the tournament, so who's to say they can't do it again?
2: Awesome, and will you be in Louisville on
0: Friday? As long as everything goes according to plan, I very much hope to be there.
2: Looking forward to it.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Eden. The men will face off with number six seed at Creighton University on Friday. Tune into Daybreak tomorrow, where we'll catch up with Isabel on her time in Salt Lake with the women who suffered a close loss in last night's second round game against Utah University. In more campus news, last Tuesday, the Department of Justice announced that a Princeton student was arrested in connection to the 2020 Capitol riots. Larry Giberson, class of 23, is charged with civil disorder, a felony, and related misdemeanor offenses. According to a DOJ report released with the announcement, Giberson participated in a heave-ho pushing effort to get through the Capitol's Lower West Terrace tunnel entrance. He also allegedly attempted to start a drag them out chant and cheered as crowd members used weapons and pepper spray against the police. Giberson is a politics major from Manahawkin, New Jersey. You can read more about the arrest at dailyprincetonian.com and at the link in the description. In national news, according to an NBC News exclusive report, several law enforcement agencies are preparing for a potential indictment of former President Donald Trump as early as this week. Law enforcement agencies at all levels of government are involved with conducting security assessments around the Manhattan Criminal Court. The charge will likely involve a hush money payment made during the closing days of the 2016 campaign to Stormy Daniels, an adult film star who Trump allegedly had an affair with in 2006. In international news, Parisians have taken to the streets since the end of last week to protest a rise in the state pension age from 62 to 64. Protests have mainly been driven by the fact that President Emmanuel Macron's administration is planning to push the plan through without a parliamentary vote. In Paris, Saturday night marked the third night of protests where citizens clashed with riot police and called for Macron's resignation. The government has explained their decision to push the bill through without the involvement of parliament as a means to ensure the pension system does not fail. Expect some spring weather with sunny skies and a high of 53 and a low of 28 at night. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Eden Toshoma, sound engineered by Philip Wang, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Rebecca Cunningham. Have a wonderful day.